God has given you, so together we can serve the Lord Jesus. That's it, yes. <clears throat> oh, I'm so happy today on the private interviews to how the Lord done some great things, and I was just so thankful about it. And now, uh, tomorrow night, uh, tomorrow's Friday. I was thinking tomorrow was Saturday. We won't, won't forget the businessman's breakfast will be held here, I believe, at this school. And I suppose they sell tickets for them, don't they? Something, and they, I guess everyone understands just how you get the uh, the tickets and so forth for the breakfast. We'd be happy if you could come along and see, uh, feel led to come. Now, uh, Billy always tells me, he said, there's one thing that you do, Daddy, is wear the people out. They're wore out any house. They've been sitting there for hours. You preach so long. And I said, well, son, I'm going to try to make it in Chicago meeting. I said, I'm going to set my watch. At every 20 minutes, and then when it alarms, I'm going to quit right then and call the prayer room. And he said, uh, you might as well not set it because it ain't go. You know, it went off two or three times and just alarmed itself down. I never did know. I'm making so much noise up here. I, I, I didn't even hear it when it went off. And so I, I just have to um, just, uh, I hope I don't bore you. You know, I don't, I don't come here for that. I, I come... And I love him so much, and know we've got so much that ought to be done right at this time. And I just try to push too much of it in one night, you see. And not knowing just what time that we're going to be called away. And then I think, well, I don't know what time I'm going to be called away, and none of us know that. And so we just might as well do what we can while we can do it. (laughs) I've heard my mother, I never was at a dance in my life. But I heard only a, a holy dance one time in church. I never forget that. When we were still a Baptist church, I would always criticize, and kind of in my heart, I wouldn't say it out loud because I, I'd be afraid to do that, anything that God does. I always kind of thought it's kind of strange to see, when I see first got acquainted with the Pentecostal people, see them dance, you know, dance around. And I thought, now, you know, that ain't in the Bible. What, what are they dancing about? And then one night I was teaching from a chart on Daniel and Revelations. It was New Year's night. I was going to uh, teach on the chart until midnight. It wasn't a chart like a blackboard I was teaching. And, and uh, there was a, a, some Pentecostal people had come from Louisville. They had a, oh, some sisters, a sister pastor at a church over there. And she had a, they had washboards and thimbles and, and all kinds of little things to make rackets with. And, and they... Uh, all got it harmonizing some way. I don't know what it was. And, they, and she started playing the piano and all these girls up there got to hit with these thimbles on washboards and things. And, and they, they got this playing that song, there's going to be a meeting in the air and a sweet by and by or something. Well, that little girl that was playing, little lady pastor, she just turned white. Oh, just like a chalk. And she just began to... Uh, playing it in such a way I don't—I never see anything play like it in my life. And I thought, now nah, what's that? And then one on the washboard, she got to doing the same thing. And then here two or three got up, and a little blonde head got to dancing right in the floor. Uh, oh, <laughs> right up and down the floor as hard as she could go, just dancing away like that little old girl about sixteen, eighteen years old. I was just a young fellow myself, not. Now, isn't that something right here in my church? How I'll ever live that down? See? I'm watching her like that. 
Now, what do they do that for? Why do they have to do that? Why couldn't they just play their music and went on and let it alone like that? Oh, well, that's terrible. I got thinking, now in the Bible, is there such a thing as dancing? And I remember that David danced around the ark when he saw the ark coming. See, he danced before the Lord. And the Lord said, he's a man after my own heart. I thought, well, now that's, he, what did he dance for? Well, they had a victory. And Miriam, when they crossed over the Red Sea, Moses sang in the Spirit, and Miriam took a tambourine, began to beat it, and they went down along the bank, all the daughters of Israel dancing in the Spirit. And I seen that dancing was, when they had victory, I thought, got thinking, well, maybe I haven't got victory enough. I got thinking about it. You know, after a while, I got to pat my foot, and before I know it, I was out there dancing with that girl. I was marked then. <laughs> I could just see the expression on those people's face yet, seeing their pastor <laughs> on the floor of this, that little girl dancing around here. I was right out there, too. I never was on a dance floor in my life. <laughs> but I'd have to take it back and say it was on that one. But that was a church floor. <laughs> so when we, uh, you know, all the devil's got, he, he, he copied it after some real thing that God's got. That's all. Just exactly the devil cannot create. He's just a perverter of what's been created, you see. So he cannot create. He's not a creator. He's a perverter. What is what is unrighteousness is righteousness perverted. See? It's uh, legal for a man to take a wife and, and be a, a, a husband to her and family relationship. But the same woman, another woman on the same act, condemn him and send his soul away. See? It's wrong. What is it? Righteousness perverted. See, and it's, uh, the truth is always right. What is a lie is the truth perverted. See, makes a lie. So that's where all sin is, is righteousness perverted. So when I used to hear my mother say, she used to go to dances, the old, her and daddy on them kind of, sim, they had the old fiddler would come stand on the corner and play the fiddle and them Kentucky people and pop he didn't have any money. You know, you're supposed to have a little money to jingle in your pockets. And I see him go out to Cag and get some nails. Put them in his pockets, you know, and dance around here and Mama. And they'd win prizes. I can see her pull a skirt out like this, you know, and that jig dance, you know, right around around one another like that. I'd see Pop. I thought, that's, that's bad, Pop. And nails, that's not money, you see. I know he didn't have any money. He had some nails in his pocket jingling up and down like that. See? And they'd do that come on till around daylight. And some of the people leave home, the, all the, oh, the Kentucky people that come over and they'd have the dances from one house to the other. And then they'd go home of a morning packing their shoes in their hands because their feet was so sore from dancing. Well, if you can do that for the devil, then why not stay and let's preach all night and let's praise God and, and get the Spirit. And see, sure, if, that, if that's for eternal separation, what about eternal life? Let's, we can appreciate this as much more than we should that, of course. But Satan would wear us out on this right quick or tell us we was too tired. But I tell you, he's had an awful time with me getting wore out on it. I remember when I was healed of stomach trouble, he, Satan said, well, you better not eat. He said, because the doctor said if you eat, you'd die. You had an ulcered stomach and said it's just one big bloody ulcer. But the Lord said he healed me, so I had to take somebody's word. So I, I took God's word. And so... Uh, oh, I'd like to burnt me up. I was just hot water running out of my mouth. And so uh, two or three days, I was going around holding my stomach like this. I said, how you feeling, Mr. Branham? I said, oh, I feel fine. Just tamping away like that. 
Someone said, you lied. I did not. I was making a confession. Confess means say the same thing. By stripes, I was healed. So that's, that does it, see. I was making confession. And so Satan said to me, said, you're bringing reproach. I said, now look here, old fellow. If you enjoy hearing me testify, you stick around. But if you don't, you might as well get away. I'm going to testify anyhow. So that's it. You just got to let him know what side you're standing on and then make your stand and then stand. And that's just the way we got to do always is get where we know that we're right and then got faith in that. You can't have faith unless you know you're right. Don't you try to do that to bluff him now. He won't take your bluff. Don't bluff him. But when you really believe it, you're not bluffing then. Something's already witnessed to you. And you, then you're right. I don't care. You might not. No one never lay hands on you. You might not never hear uh, anything. But just as long as something has confirmed it in your heart that it's God's word and God's will for you, that's all necessary. And many times these gifts and things they just encourage. I'm watching a Baptist preacher sitting here in front of me. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, is this Mr. Dalton sitting here from Somerset, Kentucky? I thought. I remember Brother Ed Dalton. Oh my, a Baptist right. And he uh, come up and, but he believed and come up to the church, received the Holy Ghost, went back down. And of course, all of his neighborhood let him down as usual. And so then when the Holy Spirit had come and on the, what we're looking for to happen at any time, now another gift that's going to be added to the church. And uh, it's a marvelous thing. And we probably, you've read the articles in our uh, religious papers about it, about the squirrels and so forth. And Brother Dalton had two children. Well, I think, how many? About eight children, I think. Nine children. Nine children. And uh, teenagers, and you know how they are, Connie. And a poor father and mother, how they prayed so hard that God saved their children. One day at the tabernacle, he had seen the Holy Spirit speak to a woman and tell her, Just ask what you will, right? now." And God told me to give you. He said, What must I ask? I said, Well, you've got a crippled sister sitting here who's been crippled from birth. And there's a man sitting here tonight, Banks Woods, who's sitting right with me. The woman's name is Mrs. Wright. And I said, You've got an aged father and mother. You're living on less than $200 a year on that little poor farm over there. A widow woman. I said, there's many things you could ask for, Sister Hattie, but I said, the very God that told me about those squirrels when I spoke, those squirrels are standing right there. And did that seven straight times. Standing right there where you look and see it. When it's just impossible for one to be set on the wall there. Just to confirm me something. And um, I said, he tells me to have you to ask what you will. He said, you'd asked it for me to say it. She said, well, what should I say? I said, ask for whatever you will. It'll be given right here. If it isn't, then uh, I've told something wrong. And she said, well, said, I don't know what to ask, Brother Branham. She said, she had two teenage boys. And talk about renegades they were. And so... Just giving her heartaches all the time, poor little widow and mother. And so um, her husband, I'm married, she to her husband, and they were, her husband had gotten killed on a tractor. And those boys had just gone wild. And she said, well, the salvation of my two boys. I said, I give you those two boys in the name of Jesus Christ. And both of them fell across her lap. 
come to Christ. Now, Brother Banks Woods is somewhere sitting here in this building tonight that was present to see that happen. Both them boys are fine. They're taking feet washing all the time, communing at church. And when we're taking feet washing, the ones washing the feet, we lay our hands over on them and pray. That little fellow the other night, about 14 years old, our pastor, Brother Neville, he had his hand praying for him. The cutest little thing. So Brother Ed Dalton seen that happen. He was praying for his children. Got outside. And he turned back around and the Holy Spirit said, Speak for Ed's children. And I said, Brother Dalton, the Holy Spirit tells me by that same gift that we're looking to be perfectly manifested soon, I give you your children in the name of Jesus Christ. And when he got home there, his daughter and sons already give their hearts to Christ. It's a few miles down in country from me. And I think every one of your children is saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Is that right, Brother Dalton? Is there any of them with you? One daughter. Was that the one was saved right away the oldest daughter was saved the next morning. And every one of his children is now saved. How the Holy Spirit, when God says anything, he keeps his word. <laughs> now how could I uh, save those children? See, it, it isn't, if it's not your own words, if it isn't your own thinking, then it's, it's ever what's inspiring you. And if it's God, then it's God's word. See, so that's the way on the meeting here at night when you see those things happening. That's not me. I couldn't do that. It's God doing that. And if you just believe it, then that's all you have to do is just, just believe it. Now, well, it's almost time called prayer line, Billy. <laughs> I just take up so much time. But, you know, I want to I wanna make a, an appointment with all the people around Chicago here. And this, uh, this brother sings here at night, Brother Melvin. How I love to hear that boy sing. I, I want to hear him sing, uh, Remember Me, one of these nights before leaving. And then he's a colored sister that sings at the Christian businessman. Oh, my, you, you should hear her sing Ship Ahoy. And um, I told my wife, she's sitting back there tonight, and I, I told her I hope she gets to hear that lady sing Ship Ahoy and Brother Melvin saying, remember me when tears are falling down. <laughs> oh, I, I sure hope we get these. And there's a little brother over there at that meeting the other morning. He's sitting back here somewhere. I shook his ear. He is. He and his wife. My, talk about singing. And when you get over in glory, and I, I wish, always wanted to sing. I'd rather sing than preach any time. So I, I love singing so well. So I always said all the great singers of earth will be gathered over there singing the stories, how they overcome over on a great big hillside in glory, just across the river of life. Over on the other side, I want to sit and listen to them. So I want to invite all you Chicago people to meet me over there now, and, and, um, and we'll sit down and listen to them sing so we won't have any have to hurry and see if the children's going to get hurt or anything. They'll be there with us, and there'll be nothing to hurt or destroy. And we'll have plenty of time then. And we'll just talk a long time. Just have plenty of time to talk. Now, I've got several scriptures that I want to refer to. I've got some wrote out here and some pages here. And I want to start tonight and read first a scripture found in St. Luke 8.50 for a, a text. 
And my subject tonight is the theme song they sang just before I come in. Only believe. And uh, uh, St. Luke 8, uh, chapter and the 50th verse. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. Let us bow our heads just a moment for prayer. Gracious God, who brought again the Lord Jesus, thy Son, from the dead, and has presented him to us after 2,000 years, we see him day after day and night after night in the invisible body of his working in the visible body of his church, bringing to pass his words and as we were speaking the other night, you're right on schedule. Everything's hitting just right. God's great time clock's ticking just to the moment. Then tonight when we see that that last midnight stroke is fixing to strike, oh, great Jehovah God, be merciful to us. And as I think tonight here before me holding the purchase of your blood their attention for the next 30 or 40 minutes. What must I say, O oh God? These few words that's been prepared would be insufficient, Lord, without your anointing. So I pray that you'll anoint the words tonight of this text. And may they find their resting place and provide for us just what we have need of to be prepared for that hour. And Jesus does come because God Notice when my eyes opened a few moments ago laying here before me is that book of the Christian businessman where our precious brother Tommy Nichols translated from that tape, that vision or whatever it was. Lord, you let me see across the curtain there. Oh, God, I said if I could only go back for a, I'd persuade, I'd beg people. Oh, they mustn't miss that, Lord. There's people here that's divided their living with me, for me and my children, between them and their children. I pray, God, that somehow or another something can be said tonight that we might have Christ divided among us tonight. That he might be the Savior of every one of us and the healer of every one of us. And our coming King and that hope leave here in our hearts. May we live eternally with him over in that land where there's no sickness i can think of them women how they were once recognizing years old women 90 years old and there they was beautiful and young and those gray-headed man here on earth there they was young and in their youth for eternity god we couldn't afford to miss that grant lord tonight that each and every person will take new hope tonight Bless the saints and heal the sick, for we commit ourselves with this text in the name of Jesus Christ for thy glory. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Jesus had just been turned down from a great revival. He was always about the Father's business. I, I like that. We, me, myself, I have so much time that I'm, I think I, I foolishly use. And uh, all of us feel that way. And we, uh, 
get so wound up till we've got to go somewhere and unwind. But we have found Jesus always about the Father's business. I love that. And that's the way we should be. We should never be idling our time. What time we have, we must spend it for and, and conserve the time, redeem it, because it is precious. Every time we get a chance to put in a plug for Jesus, do it. Every time we get to put in a plug for God, do it. Do something for the church and for in betterment of people. Many people, that's how we come to know these things is by what somebody's told us. And Jesus had left Galilee over in the land that he came from and crossed over the sea, feeling led, no doubt, to go over to Gadaria for revival. No doubt but what the Father had led him over across the sea to Gadaria. And we all know the story that there was only one person saved. That was a maniac uh, in Gadaria. And he was out into the fields and the cemetery. He went wild and they put chains on him and the demon power could break the chains. And, and I've often thought uh, going around uh, insane institutions and watch a person who's uh, been possessed with those evil powers, how strong they are. They take a policeman sometimes to beat him down. Remember down in Florida one night, a, a man that wouldn't have weighed over 120 pounds whipped five policemen just as easy as you'd whip your child. And, um, and then when uh, that evil spirit went off of him, well, there was nothing hardly. He's just as meek as he could be. But it was an evil spirit. And I thought if a man possessed with an evil spirit could break chains, what could he do if he's completely surrendered to God with the power of God possessing him like that? He could straighten every crippled leg and uh, do great things. If he could just be so anointed with God's power as the devil could completely uh, get a hold of him. Did you notice? That devil was so completely a hold of that man until he, he even confessed Jesus, said, We know who you are, the Holy One of God. Why come to torment us before our time comes? See? He was so completely surrendered to the devil until the devil could use his tongue. And you know, I like that. I hope this don't hurt nobody's feelings, but we can get so completely surrendered to God that he can use our tongue, too. The, to speak in other languages and to preach the gospel, to sing the gospel, to speak visions that we're looking at and the mysteries of God if we just completely surrender to the power of God. That's all. And if the devil can get a man under his control and do that, what can God do with one get one under his control? So this maniac, and you notice when Jesus was crossing the sea, the devil knew that he was on the road to a great win a great victory for God and he tried to drown him that night caused a storm to come up and, but Jesus knew that God had sent him because he did only what God led him to do wouldn't that be nice if we had a testimony like that brethren I do only that which pleases God that be one like Enoch walked with God 500 years and had a testimony that he pleased God and didn't have to die just went up so then uh, 
a little afternoon stroll. He just started walking out. He thought, well, I've been on earth long enough. I'll just walk on up. And just started by faith. He thought, well, I've been here long enough. So I'm kind of tired of being around here. I think I'll just stroll on up till he hit the milky white way and just walk on up and knock on the door. So that's what he did. See, by faith he did it. The Bible said so. See, he just got tired staying here. He said, well, I'm just going to walk up home. God just went on up through the air walking. He did that by faith. The Bible said he did. And so... Oh, I, I, when I feel death come knocking around my door, I, I want to have that kind of faith, don't you? Just say, well, so long, oh, where I'm going to walk away from you. Now, I just start walking on. <laughs> just walk out on up and face the moon and stars and strike the milky white way and go on into the spheres and spheres and out of the spheres and just go on into glory. That's right. And then uh, we find out that the devil can't destroy God's servant as long as he's in the will of God. So he's, we see him rise up that night, and the devil all so angry, and go to try to drown him out there on the sea, raised up, and he said, Why are you so fearful? You think I'd be doing anything less is in the will of God? Why are you so scared about? Why are you worried about, anyhow? Why are you so all upset? That's the same thing he'd say to us tonight, brother, I imagine. Why are you so scared about? What's the matter? Are you afraid to trust me? He said, Peace be still, and the winds and the waves obeyed him. Crossed over the sea. Oh, how beautiful. There he got on the other side, and this maniac met him, and, and when he did, he was going to come out to tear him to pieces. And then the devil found out that that was a little more than a man coming walking up there with those other twelve men. And then when he confessed him to be the Son of God and confessed that he is future torment, Jesus said, Hold your peace, but come out of him. And he delivered that man of those legions of devils. And those devils went over and they got, if they're not embodied, they they're seem to be helpless. So they went over and got a bunch of hogs and went out 2,000 hogs and drowned in the sea. And you know what? Jesus come over to uh, hold a revival, but... When those people realized it's going to cost them 2,000 hogs, they didn't want the revival. <laughs> so if it's going to cost them anything, they don't want nothing to do with it. So that, that's about the way it is today, you know. If it's going to cost you a few hours sleep or, or something or other, the people don't want to do nothing with it, you know. And so they said, well, they, they, instead of having the revival, they come out the people of the city and said, leave our country. We never, we don't want you over here. Just get on out. We... And you know, and Jesus looked around to the man was in his right mind and had clothes on. And if you know, I always thought there, uh, I better not start on that. If uh, you see that man, he started putting on clothes when he met Jesus. And how is it we claim we know him and take them off all the time? So there's, uh, and that's. Um, they say we're crazy for preaching such things as that, but I don't know. The man that had it was naked was the one was crazy, according to the Bible. So and when he found Jesus, went putting his clothes back on again. So, so we find out that I've often wondered, when I get up to heaven, I want to find that man. And I, I want to go over. Jesus wouldn't let him follow him. He said, you go on back and show the people there what's happened to you. And I just wonder what... Uh, what weight his testimony had on hog raising in that country after that. Uh, I just wondered what, uh, what his testimony had, what weight it had over there. But they didn't want him, so I'll say one thing. If you don't want him, he won't bore you with himself. 
No, no, you won't push yourself on you. never did. He knocks, you're on the inside. You're the one who opens the door. But he'll knock. He'll give you the opportunity. So then, uh, oh, they said, we don't want you. I don't care how many you can deliver and how what, who sent you over here. If God sent you over here, what about it? We just don't want any of that kind of stuff going over here around ours. You get our people all confused. So you just get back where you belong. He said, all right. Right on back, he went and got in the boat. It must have been along about 10 o'clock in the morning. Our little brother, Jarius, he was a... He was a believer. He, he actually was a believer, but he was kind of a secret believer. And you know, we got a whole lot of those out here in these Methodist, Baptist, and Presbyterian churches. They really believe this message of Pentecost. They do. That they just can't do it on account of their church. So, Jariah said he is a secret believer. Outwardly, he had joined himself up with a bunch of unbelievers. And so that's the way a many good man is tonight. Joined up with unbelievers. And the Bible said, do not be unequally yoked together. Don't yoke yourself up amongst unbelievers. Come out from amongst the unbelievers and separate yourself, saith God, and I will receive you. Touch not their unclean things. And I'll be God to you and you'll be sons and daughters unto me. So, Jeremiah, so like many of today had yoked himself up in an organization that he just simply couldn't uh, wiggle away from because he had a high name, perhaps, let's call him uh, a doctor, Jeremiah. See, he was, uh, had a great name of doctor maybe behind it. He was a priest, and he is, uh, he is a pastor of a great synagogue. But in his heart, he had followed Jesus of Nazareth, he had watched those miracles, He'd go home and study and look through the scriptures and say, that's just exactly. Let's think he was standing there that day when Simon come up. He went out to hear John preach and he heard about, hear him announce Jesus and seen this light come down over him there and settle down up on him. And we seen that same light was on him. Tell that old fisherman, why, your name is Simon and you're the son of Jonas. Maybe, you know, his father was, uh, might have been a member of this man's synagogue and he said, uh, I know that man didn't know him. And I went home and searched that out in the Scripture and I found out that that was the sign of the Messiah. And then while I was standing there, and I, I was standing over on the other side, of course, as a priest and my brethren and listening to see what I could hear saying. The brethren, they said, what are we going to do when we go back? When Philip come up and had Nathaniel and that Jesus stood there and told Nathaniel who he was and where he found him and so forth like that. And we seen Nathaniel... Uh, he was maybe studying to be a preacher, and he said, Why, Rabbi, you're the Son of God, the King of Israel. He said, You believe because I told you that? And maybe he was sitting out there also to hear the woman at the well and, and stand at the gate that time when blind Barnabas was out there crying, Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. He couldn't have touched him. If you, brought it, if you ever was at the place in Mark where Barnabas was sitting and where Jesus was when he called him, oh my, all that mob howled and said, Say, they tell me you raised the dead. we got a graveyard full of them up here. Come up, raise some of them. We'll believe you. See? How could he ever hurt all? But his faith touched him. Like little Zacchaeus that I told the Christian businessman, sitting up in the tree like that, said, uh, Rebecca told me that he, he knew all things and could God spoke to him and he was Messiah, so I'll pull all these limbs around me and, and he'll never know I'm sitting up here. So when Jesus stopped around the tree and looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down going home with you. So maybe he was there that morning and see that. However, 
He believed through the scriptures that that was the Messiah. And, but yet he couldn't make a confession because the, the ministerial association uh, of Gadaria had said this. If there's anybody ever tans one of them revivals that that prophet of Galilee over there holds, we'll excommunicate him that hour from the church. So, well, he, he had a pastor and he had a big congregation and a nice bunch of people and, and he knowed he loved the Lord. But right down in his heart, he knew there was something else ought to be added. Oh, Zacchaeus, I hope you're sitting here tonight and don't get up and go out till this is over. See, uh, Just sit still for a minute. And there he was, you know, out there and believing that and come home by the little uh, candlelight and study through the night when he'd go to one of those meetings and listen, maybe disguise himself and put a veil over his face or something so he wouldn't be known as a doctor, or Dr. Jarius, you know, or he just wouldn't want to be known amongst the crowd, but yet he was sitting there, and he watched this, he studied it, but yet he couldn't openly, publicly confess him because he'd have to give up his ministerial association and his fellowship with his brethren, and that's the reason all of them together run Jesus out of Gadaree and put him back over in his own country, in his own country it had been the same thing, and uh, anybody joined themselves with this uh, so-called prophet of Galilee while well, was had to be excommunicated. But you know, God's got a way of bringing that real genuine faith out in us. God has peculiar ways of doing it. And so, uh, let's say one night, uh, the little girl had come in and she he had one little daughter, about 12 years old, and he was getting aged, and that's the only child he and his wife had. One night she came in uh, from skipping the rope or something around the parish, and she came in, she said, Daddy, I am so sick. So he felt her little head and he said, Yes, honey, you are sick. So he said, Mother, I'll tell you what, you put her to bed and we'll go down and get the doctor. That's the only sensible thing to do. So they went and got the good doctor from the neighborhood. and He came up and he felt her and he said, Yes, she's burning with fever. So he doctored her for two or three days. And uh, come to find out her fever grew worse. Oh, I got in such a place to, it got so hot that he was getting, the doctor got worried about it. So he tried all the herbs and all the remedies that he knowed to try to help this uh, little girl, but he, he couldn't do no good with it. He just couldn't break the fever. So then one uh, morning about nine o'clock, why, he had come to visit the little girl after he'd been up almost all night and all the loving people of the churches gathered in there and, and all the associate pastors and some of the visiting clergymen and the, the district presbyter and all of them were sitting close, you know, to, to, to offer prayers and so forth for the child. And uh, so the doctor come into the room and he examined the little girl, taking her pulse and all oh, the fever was raging. The little thing was beyond out of her head now. So he knew that the end was close. He hated to tell the pastor, perhaps went to his own church. So he called him out to one side and said, Now, Dryas, I want to tell you out here so sister won't hear it. That baby is dying. Your only little girl. Oh, doctor, surely there's something else you can do. No, Dryas, if, if you want to call in another doctor and consult the case, why... It's all right, but as far as my uh, medical uh, understanding, uh, uh, death's on the child right now. 
because she's laying at the point of death. And she probably won't last over another hour or two. The good doctor was telling all that he knew to be the truth. And said, Doctor, would you advise uh, me to get some other doctor? said, You're welcome. But he said, I don't know no other doctor. We know there was a doctor over across the uh, there called Luke, Dr. Luke. But, you know, he, uh, he was converted. Oh, don't you? Luke's went off on the wrong end. See? He's following that Galilean prophet. Don't you? Oh, that brings it back to his mind. Yes, doctor. Well, thank you. What do I owe you, doctor? Oh, well, I, oh, that's all right. You don't have to pay me nothing. He's a fine man. See, you go ahead, preacher. I know you don't make much money, so just let it go. Well, thank you very kindly. Now what's he going to do? He walks back from the gate and said, Now I'll go in the house there in the parish. And what, how am I going to tell my wife that that baby is laying at the point of death? And I've kept it a secret from her all the time that I really believed in Jesus, being that real prophet was to come. But now how would I ever get it? And there's the district presbyter and all the rest of the ministerial association sitting around in the house there. And how can I ever and wonder where he's at? So he goes back in the room and he begins to wonder. And, you know, and first thing you know, he calls his wife in. He said, dear, come in and sit down just a minute. He put his hand and said, I've got something I want to talk to you about. First, I want to say, Mother, do you remember how that I've stood up here at nighttime, these candlelights, reading the scriptures? Yes, uh, yes, uh, Dries, I, I, I know just how you have set up here and read. And I've come in, been gone for two or three days at a time, telling you it's out about the master's business. Yes, I remember all about it. Well, I've kept this back from you. But I want to tell you something. You know where I was at? Well, where were you at, dear? I was attending them meetings of Jesus of Nazareth, that Galilean prophet. I was attending... In, Oh, she said, that's no secret to me. I was reading your notes that you took of his sermons, you see. When I cleaned up the room, I found the wastebasket laying full of them, you see. And I just read them where you've been searching through the scripture. Sure enough, yes. Well, I'll tell you, you know what? I truly believe that that is the Messiah. Well, she said, dear, are you just now ready to confess it? I believe it all along. Now he's ready. He can tell her now what. Said, you know what? Said, honey... The doctor just told me something. What? Her daughter's going to be better? No, she's dying. Oh, Jeriah. Oh, oh, surely not. Yes, yes, she, she, she's dying. But I wonder where Jesus of Nazareth is. You know, he, he left and crossed the sea a few days ago, and he's gone away. And I, I wonder where he's at. If we could only find him. Well, well, we just might as well confess our faith and go out. Well, we walked out before the, all the people and said, Well, I've got to announce something. The doctor just told me that my baby's dying. My only girl, 12 years old, is dying. And uh, so he telling all and begin to lament and cry and go on. He said, Now, wait, that's not our last hope. Just a moment. Oh, I feel his little face getting red. Looked at the district presbyter and the bishop and all them sitting around, you know. And what's he going to do? But then we've got another hope. And I can hear the bishop raise up and say, Well, do you want to consult another doctor? Well, uh, no, not exactly. But I've got something. Then his heart begins to race real fast. Can you say it? He stuttered a little bit. And I hear his wife say, Go on, tell him. Tell him. Tell him. <laughs> well, uh, <clears throat> uh, brethren, <clears throat> uh, I know this may excite you just a little bit. <clears throat> but... Uh, 
Yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I, I believe that he, that Galilean prophet, is the Messiah. I've been, well, I can see the bishop raised up in the district presbyter and all the dignity and saying, Watch your eyes. My, you don't mean you've gone like Luke and the rest of them did. Yes, I believe him. I certainly do. Why, why, why he had a need. God's got a way of putting it on you in such a way he'll make you come out with that faith. Just bring it right out anyhow. Yes, sir. Now, I could hear him say, uh, does anybody know where he's at? One little fellow said, yes. Uh, I, I was sick the other day and I, I went on to see Dr. Luke and Luke's with him and he, he was over in Gadaria and they, I heard by a courier that they're coming in today. They're supposed to land this morning down there at the fishing dock. I can see a little uh, dries going out and getting his little priest hat and putting it on, putting his coat on. Start out, I can hear the district presbyter stand at the door saying, Look here, young man. Uh, you've been one of us for a long time. Now, if you're going to start such as that and mix up our congregation, <laughs> bring such fanaticism as that in our group, you know what's going to happen? We're going to excommunicate you. We're going to take your name right off the boat. That's all. Well, I can hear his little heart sinking like that. He looked around his wife, and she's standing seeing what he's going to say. And look over and see his little dying daughter. He said, you just might as well take her off, because here I go. That's right. I'm on my road. He had a need. Rushing. He must go right now. They said, remember, if you go, you know what's going to happen. You know our declaration. Yes, I understand all about it. But I've got a dying child here. And the very thing that I've hid my heart all the time, I've searched the Scriptures, I've tended his meeting under disguisement, and I've checked the Scriptures, and he is the Messiah. Amen. That's it. Amen. That's the way. Ah, now you're coming to a dross. Turn right out and tell them what's right. Confess your faith. Then you're getting your right on the right path. Then it, it, it isn't kind of gloomy looking. Oh, uh, he said, the church said, now you remember, if you do, well, what's going to happen? But... Jairus had a need. The need. And brother, if there ever was a time, brother, that we ought to make our confession that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, that he is alive, that in his power is just the same there's a need today. Today is the hour. People are dying. People are dying in the churches. People are, the Pentecostal church is dying. It's going so formal. It's getting out away from God. If there's any time to step out and say, we are dying, let's get back to God. It's right now because there's a need. Come back to the faith that was once delivered to the saints. I know there's a lot of fanaticism. I'll realize that. As I said at the ministerial breakfast the other morning, you can't hardly blame pastors. But remember, every time you see something false, a bogus dollar, it's just as sure as anything in the world. It's made off of a real one. I never was so surprised. One time I was going up the road and I seen a, a, a big bunch of crows or blackbirds. They were just having their office squalling time. I thought, what's the matter with them? I walked on up the road and there's some of them was in trees and some on telegraph poles and some sitting on fences. I thought, what's the matter with the birds? There was a, a strawberry patch across the, the field. And the man that owned the patch had went to Florida for a vacation, and he just let those strawberries there. wouldn't let no one pick them because he, he, liked to see, he kept them there for the birds. He just loved to watch the birds. And so while he was gone down to Florida on a vacation, 
Watch somebody come over and put a big old scarecrow up in the field and want to pick the strawberries themselves. Not let the birds have them. The birds was all excited. Oh, my, they were so excited. Some of them sitting way off in a tree, looking off over there on them scarecrows and just this chirping and chirping and going on. Some sitting down on the telegraph poles and some sitting on the fence poles. And I thought, well, now, I wonder what's the matter. And I happened to look sitting right on the arms of those, that old scarecrow said two big healthy birds just eating as hard as they could eat. I thought, if that isn't a picture, if that isn't something. Now I thought, well, what's the matter? I walked up a little close and I looked. There's plenty of strawberries. I thought, what's the matter, fellas? And that's why some of them do. Some of them are way, go way back here. They don't believe in the Holy Ghost or nothing. Some of them come up and say, well, I don't believe in a good sanctified life, but I, I, I just don't believe in divine healing. But others will get right down almost to the borderline, but they're afraid of the scarecrow. And that's just about where Pentecost has come now. You're afraid of the scarecrow. My brother, a scarecrow's a meal ticket. <laughs> Amen. Just get in behind the scarecrow. That's all you have to do. If you see all kinds of false isms and things rise up, when I said the other night, all these isms will soon become wasms, so they're, they're, don't worry about them. But God's word will be true when there's no more heaven and earth left. He'll still be true. Yes, sir. There was no condemnation of them sitting there eating strawberries, brother. They were sitting there, big healthy birds, just pecking away as hard as they could. Because they wasn't caring about the scarecrow. They, they're just eating strawberries just the same. So that's what we should do. When you see these things that you get everybody's talking so well, the church getting classical, and the big fellows saying, well, well, we'll just take them into this and that. You better be careful, brother. There's something wrong there somewhere. There's something wrong. I like to get where somebody's criticized and made fun of and look around and see where, well, examine it over and see what it's all about. Yes, sir. It's a dinner bell. Just watch right behind it. You remember, the clubs always lays under the good apple tree. They don't club off them little old naughty, drawed up, sour <laughs> days of miracles just passed. There's nothing clubbing that. Just don't go on. But uh, Dries had a need. And he had a need because his only child was dying. And that's the same thing it is tonight. Now, he didn't have to say, now, I'll wait now. I'll probably, maybe if I wait a little while, uh, I may go seem like Nicodemus did, go in the nighttime. I slip over sometime at night. I tell you, uh, told, my, told his wife something like this. Well, now, there's such a district presbyter out there, and there's such a bishop, there's such all the church and so forth. I tell you, I'll wait till it gets night. And when it gets night, I'll slip on my little mask again, and I'll slip over to meet him. And after it's over, I won't let nobody know it. I'll slip around behind the building and say, Say, prophet of Galilee, I believe in you. I believe in you. You come over here, i got a sick daughter. No, their daughter was dying right then. He had to go then. It was time for action. And it's time for action, brethren. It's not time to argue about whether we should be baptized face forward or backward or whether we should belong to this church or that church. It's time for the Holy Spirit to come into the church and get in action. It's later than you think. The hour is here. It's not time to fuss about creeds and about doctrines and things like that. It's time to get into God's Spirit and move on. Because the atomic bombs are hanging the missiles everywhere and Sputniks in the skies. And everything that Jesus said would take place before the end time is now taking place. And the Holy Ghost is here. Christ, right on time, on schedule. Yes, the critics are rising. I'm going to say this because it was I asked for it to be abstained one time. And when they did, uh, the brother got real put out about it. Uh, and I'm going to say it because it's on tape. And so our brother can hear it if he wants to get this tape. 
is concerning Brother David Duplissis, my precious brother friend. I got a letter of criticism from him, and uh, I didn't want to read it. Secretary got it, and so I, I didn't want to read it because I withheld saying his name on a tape. But this is tape. The tapes are going. Here's exactly what I said. I was preaching on the nearing outcoming of Christ. And Brother David is dealing with the Presbyterians, Methodists, and Baptists, and those great men. That is his ministry to them. God has sent him with the ministry. David is a smart theologian, scholar, and a wonderful man of God. He's been with me in the meetings. He stood by my side. I love him as only a brother could love another. And that is true. But what I said about David, and the church shall bear me witness, I said it seems like that Brother David, as spiritual as he is, would wake up to the fact to know that he's dealing with the sleeping version. And the Pentecostal people are so glad to see the Presbyterians write in a little declaration, well, we got to go back to divine healers. We got to go back to speaking in tongues. You've read the piece uh, where they found. We got to go back to having healing services. Billy Graham talking. We got to go back to Pentecost. Do you realize, brother, that the very hour that they went to wake the sleeping virgin up when she come to buy oil, that was when Jesus came? I said, I wonder if Brother David realizes that. You think the Pentecostal church, they had their picture in the paper, there was some Catholic priest standing blessing the Pentecostal businessman's breakfast or something, and things like that, which that's all right. But I wonder if the church really realizes what it is. It's a sign. When that sleeping virgin come and knocked at the gate, that's when she could not get in, brother. The bride was gone, don't you see? That's what I said about Brother David. He not nothing concerning his work or his man, uh, about his uh, reputation. David's my brother and one of the finest godly men that I know of. But I just wondered how that he, he didn't pick that up to realize the very minute that that outside denominational world begins to receive this message, that's exactly the hour he's coming. When they, when they went, the sleeping virgin realized she didn't have any oil in her lamp. And when she come to knock on the door to get it, that was exactly when the bride went out. When the wise virgin left. That's right, they didn't get in. No, and them organizations won't come in. They won't have the opportunity to. Time the message gets around, the church will be gone. So if they're trying to get in right now, how close are we? When we see as was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. The very last message, Abraham and his seed after him. We see every, everything lays just a time. We've got need. It's time for action. It's not wait till I go away to school and get me a Ph.D. or LLD. It's get into the gospel right now. Preach. Yes. Get out there now. Now's the hour. Drys couldn't wait till tomorrow. His child was dying. Brethren, we can't wait for a new organization. We can't wait for something to get stirred up. It's already here. We've got to bring Christ on the scene. The Pentecostal church is dying. Amen. The assemblies, the oneness, the twoness, the threeness, the, the four square, all of them, they are dying. Let's leave these things. They're all right. But don't just quit fussing about that. Let's bring Christ on the scene. That's the way it drives. Had to get Christ on the scene or his child would die. 
He must hurry real quick. He's got to spring into action. Oh, I love that. Get into action. Oh, if this group right here tonight, you Methodists, you Baptists, you Presbyterians, you Pentecostals, oneness, twoness, threeness, and all of you, if you spring into action, laying aside your traditions and malices, bring Christ on the scene, open up your heart, He's here. Amen. His boat just landed. <laughs> on the scene. Somebody said, yes, faith cometh by hearing. Say, yes, he's coming into the dock down there now. Just down below the hill from the parish. He's coming in down there now. Well, here he goes. He grabs his little hat and they don't care what they say. They say, all right, Josh, you're going to be sorry one of these days. You know, you're springing off on the deep end. He didn't care deep end or what end. He knowed what his heart told him. And there isn't a person in here tonight. If you do what your heart told you to do, you'd probably be at this altar. Right. There is a preacher present. If you do what your heart told you to do, but what we would confess are wrong, it's right. When you confess man, I'm ready to join arms and hearts with man to get Christ on the scene. That's the main thing. The children's dying. This little book here holds that vision in it. Now I looked over there. They did, I did it when I walked up the gate and asked me if I was a Pentecostal oneness or a threeness or a fiveness. The only thing he was, he just let me come in because I loved Christ and had love in my heart. That's the thing now, brother. Dryas had to hurry. His child was dying. God's child's a dying. The church is dying. We've got to do something. You might have called it telepathy. You might have called it the devil. You might I don't know what you did call it. But way down deep in your heart, if you believe it was the truth, brother, you better put your ecclesiastical hat in the corner and say something and get moving. Right. The church is dying. We need Christ on the scene. Time for action. Not when I feel like it. Not when I take the next notion. But it had to get people on the scene because... The P, uh, get Jesus on the scene. Everything else had failed. I want to ask you something. Is the Pentecostal church better off tonight because it's broke itself up in about 30 different organizations or when it started in the beginning? See, just ask that. We're constantly getting worse and worse. Is the women and men in our Pentecostal churches looking more like saints praying? Tell me somewhere in the city where they're having prayer meeting all night long, day in and out, for the sins that's done in the city. Like they used to do it. Are we any better? We're getting worse. Oh, our buildings are getting more pretty. Oh, we're becoming more up in the ranks with the other churches. But who wants to be like them? I want to be like Jesus. And that's where every man ought to want to be like Christ. Let's get him on the scene. See? And we're the, the, the churches are dying. So we've got to do something. We've got to hurry. We ain't got to, uh, we ain't got to wait till. Uh, to the millennium to do it. If we're going to do it, we've got to do it now. Or it's going to die. Something's going to happen. Here he goes. I don't care. His little face is red. Brother, every time he made a step, he thought, I'm getting better and better all the time. Just make a start one time and see what happens. First thing you know, he happened to look down the side of the hill. And what was happening? A little woman, and he know maybe of his own parish, was sitting up on top of the hill. And he had known that he had talked to her about it. And she had said right out openly, she said one time, maybe it's something like this. Try, you know what? 
I believe that that prophet over there is a man of God. Well, now, sister, uh, I wouldn't. How do you how do you feel about? It? Of course, you can't watch. You know where she is. Just a bait from some of the district men or not. You know. So said. Uh, well, said. Uh, Have you ever heard him? Oh, yes. Occasionally, I've heard him. Well, I've never heard him, but I've heard of him. So faith cometh by hearing. And I tell you what. I believe if, if you could get somebody to take me across the sea there in a boat somewhere, or where he's at, if I could only touch him, I'd be made well. And here she comes, poor little spindly, pale face. She's coming down the bank. Look at her staggering, holding on to something, and there they're all down there saying, Good morning, Reverend. How do you do, doctor? <laughs> glad to have you over here. And, and uh, Rabbi, well, glad to have you back again. <clears throat> Look at one another, you know a little dry stand up there. You know, he used to kind of throw off the... Uh, you know, a lot of people believed on him, so he had to watch, you know, what they said. So he come back. After all, this little woman, uh, he, she said, Would you help me, kind sir, to get over there? To, I'd like to speak with him. Oh, don't you listen to that. We're just standing out here. We're, go, we're fixing the traffic. We got a trap set for him this morning. We're really going to get him this morning. You just watch. See, we're, that's really where we're calling him. Hello there, doctor. Hello, Rabbi. <laughs> We got a trap set for him. We're going to upset him this morning. So this, because they say he knows the secrets of the heart. We got it all fixed up for him. Like somebody had for me the other night and got failed. <laughs> when the Holy Spirit come down. And uh, I don't know where you noticed it or not, but it sure did. It was a great stumble to that old boy. <laughs> and then when, when the first thing you know, come along, said, he walked down. She couldn't get to it. So she got down on her hands and knees, got to crawl in between their feet like this. Because she got up and maybe a little dry, stand up there watching her. And she touched the border. A little please, look, go come over her face. She went back out there. And dry, she's standing watching at you. Watching. She said, I've seen her. And I know her. And she moved through there and touched his garment. And now she's gone back out there. And she looks like she's pleased. She looks like that. She told me one time if she could only touch him, that's what would happen. She'd get well. And I know doctors give her up a long time ago since... She started in menopause with that blood issue. She's had it there for years and years. And so, uh, poor little thing, I felt sorry for her. Her husband sold the horses and everything, paid off the doctor bill, and she's just no better than she ever was. She, poor little thing, I feel sorry for her. Jesus stopped, looked around, and said, uh, <clears throat> Who touched me? And he said, Why? Well, the apostle said, Well, everybody's touching you. Why do why you say such a thing as that, Rabbi? Or, or Lord. She, he said, But I, I got weak. I felt something go out of me, a virtue went out of me. And he looked around to the little woman and told her her blood issue had stopped. I imagine that encouraged old Jeroth. Don't you imagine so? Directly here he come running through and he said, Lord, my little girl is laying now at the point of death. Lord, you have master. Oh, yes, he's all right. He's not a fanatic now. Oh, no. Uh-uh. You got a need of him. You might call this everything you want to, but one of these days when you come right down to bed, it'll be different. That's right. Won't be a holy roll or a bunch of crazy people at that time. That's right. Oh, Rabbi, Master, my Lord, my little girl is laying at the point of death. If you'll just come and lay your hands on her, she'll get all right. Everything will be all right. The doctor just left about an hour ago. Rabbi, I, 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 I give up everything. I, I, they've go kick me out of the association and everything. But I, I, I've always been a believer in you. But I tell you, something's worked out that I just had to confess it. So here I am. My girl's going to die. And if you'll just come and lay hands on her, she won't die. She'll live. She said, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go with you. And he 
starts along with it like that. And I can imagine the priest saying, did you hear what and who that is? Well, that's Dr. Gerard. My, could you imagine him? What about, won't the association kick him out? Oh, he's had it now. Brother, at the next conference, they'll sure pour it on him. Let's just all go over, brother, and just see what the chief priest's going to say. What they're going to, how they excommunicate him. A little dry, didn't care. His daughter was dying, and he had the, he had the attention of Jesus. That's all he cared about. As long as you get his attention, what difference anything else make? And walking along like that, and as he goes moving along, you know, and the a little um, woman, she was so happy because her blood issue had stopped. And then the first thing you know, here come a man over the yard. Don't bother. Never mind. Then the midnight blow come. Oh, my. That stroke. Say, Drys, I told you you ought to went down there. See, here comes the Presbyterian, all of them. Your girl died about an hour ago. I told you. Days of miracles is past. Oh, my, that midnight blowing. His little heart began to jump. He thought, oh, oh. Oh, and I told him if he'd come lay my ha- his hands. Now, he had faith in the hands of Jesus. That's he was a Jew. Now, it was different. Peter, that night when he was walking on the water, when he seen Jesus walking along, thought it was a spirit. He said, Lord, if it be you, bid me come. The word was come. That's right. That's right. And the day when he's catching fish, he pulled all night long, hadn't got any fish at all. And he said, uh, uh, told him, can I borrow your boat a minute to preach from, Simon? Yes, well, he preached from it a while. So now launch out into the deep and let down for the draw. See? And he said, uh, uh, Lord, if you lay your hands on the water, I, I, I believe you can put fish there. We've toiled all night and taken nothing. No, no. Lord, we've toiled all night and taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down the net. That's it. At thy word, I'll let down the net. Go to the pool of Siloam and, and wash. Now, what was his faith? The contact as soon as he could find the pool. See, if he could ever, uh, well, which way to the pool of sin? Which way is it? Somebody help me get to the pool. Oh, why do you want the pool? Don't make any difference. Help me get to the pool. Because I know when I get to the pool. Somebody help me to the meeting. Well, where are you going? You know what I mean. You wouldn't put up, you wouldn't go over that bunch, would you? Well, just help me get over there. That's all I want to know. Get me there. Amen. I like that. Yes, sir. Get me to a bunch of people where I can see the Bible living, where I can see Christ living in the people. Get me amongst that group. Help me get over to the pool of sand. And as soon as he said, well, here you are, some kind lady or something other come by and got him in her, her, her hand and tuck him over to the pool and said, oh, fellow, here's the pool. Why is it? Oh, I just got the word of God that told me when I washed, I'd see. Oh, <laughs> Oh, his sight came to him. Then he came back rejoicing. It was a pool for him. But when Mary that morning, when she had to take the, uh, go down and get some water to well, and she looked stand there, and there stood a big bright light. She looked at that light, had enshrouded an angel, and said he was Gabriel. Said the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you, and you're going to bring forth a child knowing no man. She said, Behold, the hands made of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. That's all she wanted. She didn't want to say, she said, wait, now, when I'm overshadowed, and then if I feel life, then I go testifying. Uh, when I'm about four months, will it be all right, Dan? Or when should I testify of it? She didn't ask no questions. She had his word, and that was good enough for her. She started testifying right then. And I'm 
giving you his word. By his stripes you were healed. Amen. You hasn't got the Holy Ghost. I'm giving you his word. Peter said on the day of Pentecost, one of the critics was standing around and said, Repent, every one of you. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise isn't to you and to your children. Well, the, the bishop told me, the presbyter told me, the district man told me, the pastor told me, them days was gone. I don't care what they said. The Bible said the promise isn't to you and to your children and to them. It's all. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's his word. Receive it. He's saying his word. That's what it takes, his word. But Dryas wanted his hands. You know, I think uh, God's a good God. He, he managed to forget it there some way. You know, a lot of the disciples, they believed as soon as they heard the word that Jesus was raised from the dead. said, praise God, that's fine. But Thomas said, I've got to put my fingers in the prints of the nails in his hand. I got, I got to feel it. I, I got to see it myself. I've seen it work on others in the meeting, but it's got to be on me. Yeah. Oh, Thomas has got a lot of children. But, he, um, but God's a good God. He, he works around anyhow. He said, come here, Thomas. Feel me. Now it works on you. Uh, do you believe Thomas said, oh, yeah, you're my Lord. Now I believe it now. He said, how much greater is their reward who's never seen and yet believe? Amen. They take God's word for it. That's all. Amen. Not just getting down to my text. Where was it? I see. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. And well, well, let's take him. Here he goes back up, and here's all the critics coming out, you know, saying, there he goes along. So first thing, when the courier come and said, well, don't bother no more, said he, he, the baby died, it's dead. We done laid it out up there, and it's got the flowers on it, and got the embalming clothes, or fluids on it, and there's no need to fool any more kids done dead. Doctor come back, we went and got him, and he announced it dead, and it done got it laying out, and it's cold, laying in the room on the death couch, and... And all the mourners are around, and there's a lamentation around there. You never heard nothing like it. So, Jesus walk and study. Oh, I love it. Couldn't you just see, brother? Never bothered him a bit. Little Jesus, his heart was beating. Who said? Looked over. Jesus, I can see him turning him eyes and said, Did not I say to you? Only believe. <laughs> That's what I say to you. Only believe God's Word if you want to see the glory of God. Only believe. No matter what anybody else says, how sick you are. But Brother Bram, the doctor said, I was going to die in a few days. Only believe. He said, my baby can't get well, but only believe. That's all. Only believe that God made the promise. I'll never walk again, Brother Bram. The doctor told me, and I only believe for all things are possible to them that believe. Only believe. Only believe. That's all you have to do. Just believe. No matter. And then, what was it? Already dead. What now? Only to believe. Hmm. I feel religious right now. Honestly. Oh, my. Only be dead. Yes. Oh, I remember when he come up to the grave of Lazarus. If thou had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, whatever you ask God, God will give it to you. That's it. I am the resurrection and life, saith God. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said, Yea, Lord. Oh, I like that. 
Yeah, Lord, I do believe thou art the Christ that was to come into the world. You are the anointed one. I believe it with all my heart. So where be buried? Amen. He didn't say, I'll go down and see what I can do about it. Oh, no, no. Where have you buried him? He didn't say, Jairus, well, Jairus, uh, 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 I'm sorry I caused you this trouble. Now, your church has excommunicated you and you're in trouble with your brethren and all that. I, I know that and everything. I really feel sorry for you, Jairus, but if I could have got there a little bit sooner, why, it might have been all right. But Jairus, I'm, um, I'm sorry to cause you this trouble. Oh, no, oh, no. He said, didn't I say to you, only believe if you want to see the glory of God. <laughs> oh, I imagine that helped his heart, don't you? I imagine seeing his little heart skipping them beats to start beating back regular again. Then his eyes were off of the presbyter, off the chief priest, off the rest of the congregation. And then walk around and said, what are you going to do at the next conference, boy? What are you going to do? But he kept his eyes on Jesus. Amen. There you are. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I don't care what anybody else says. What's the neighbor going to say? I don't care what the neighbor says. That ain't got nothing to do with what God said. The neighbor's not my judge. God's my judge. And he'll judge me by Jesus Christ, who I'm following. Amen. No matter what anyone else says, it's what God said. That's what makes it truth. Amen. God said it. It makes it the truth. Critics can say anything they want to, but it, it takes what God says to make it be the truth. All right, Jesus said, only believe. Believe what? Believe what now? She's dead. Believe for the impossibles. Believe for the impossible. Why, after she's done dead and embalmed, believe now, sure. I told you, just believe you want to see the glory of God. Believe what? Believe anything. Whatsoever. Verily I say unto you, if you shall say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart, just only believe, you can have what you say. That's right. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever believeth in me shall never die. If ye abide me in my word and you ask what you will, it'll be given to you. Is that right? All these promises, works that I do, shall you do also. Greater works than this shall you do, God's go to my Father. All these promises here, Jesus Christ the same yesterday day and forever. He was wounded for our transgression, was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity, chastened of our peace upon him with his stripes. We were healed. Only believe, only believe. He's coming soon. He brought Abraham, justified him, sanctified him, filled him with the Holy Ghost, placed him as a son, showed himself alive, but turned his back. Talk and tell him what Sarah said in the tent and then change his body and pluck him out. Give him the son. He's done the same thing through the seed of Abraham, all but change the body. Justified, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, placed the son, coming among us now, showing himself alive and waiting for the change of the body for the rapture to come to take us up to meet him. Here it is. Just on time. Only believe. Just keep marching on. God's great big time clock's ticking just exactly right. Oh, for the only belief, sure. So Jesus finally gets to the house. There's everybody hollering, Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, why did you do it? Why did you do it? Jesus walks in just as calmly, quiet. Say, quieten down. Give peace. The girl's not dead. She's only asleep. And then the Bible said they laughed at him. He said, now you know what kind of a prophet he is. <laughs> When we've got her embalmed and he says she's asleep. Could you imagine? And the Bible said they laughed in the scorn. Making shame. Laughed in the scorn. You know what he did? When they laughed at his word, he put them out. And that's exactly what we'll do at the end. And you critic, that's what will happen to you one of these days. You laugh at his word and laugh at his works. 
You say them people's holy rollers is speaking in tongues and dancing in the spirit. You say they're a bunch of holy rollers. You're laughing at his word because that's a word made human running among us. Some of you preachers out there saying this is mental telepathy or the devil or something like that. Someday you'll have to take that back in his presence. He'll put you out of his kingdom for it. That's right. He won't let people laugh at him. He'll put them out again. He went through the house and put the whole bunch of them out. Everybody laughed. Went out. The Bible said if you speak one, when Jesus stood there that day and, and was discerning the spirits, and that bunch of priests said, why, that's Beelzebub, the fortune teller. Anybody knows the fortune teller is the devil. So he said, that's Beelzebub, the fortune teller, calling the work of God going on an unclean spirit. Jesus said, I forgive you for that, but someday the Holy Ghost will come. Then you speak one word against it. That's all you have to do. And you'll never be forgiven. In this world and at the other world, you'll be put out also. That's how serious it is. See? Yes, sir. Never forgiveness of it. In this world or neither in the world to come, the blasphemer speaker called the Holy Ghost an unclean thing. He put them out. You see what's happening today? The same thing. You see where they're going out. Going out into the world spiritually. Remember the last plague hit Egypt? What was the last plague hit Egypt, which is the type of the church going out? It was death. What's the last plague hit the Pentecostal church? Spiritual death. She's going right on back like the rest of the world. Spiritual death. But the circumcised, with the blood on the door, took the homeward march. That's exactly with a pillar of fire going before him to lead him away. Oh, I'm so glad tonight. I'm so glad tonight to know that there's a circumcision of the heart, that God will cut away all the world and all the traditions of man and everything else, and we can see Jesus and see him stand there in a pillar of fire going before, performing the works and doing exactly what God said would do and bring forth a church filled with the Holy Ghost and doing the works that he said. I'm so glad tonight. That's, I, I'm, I'm the happiest person in this world because of it, because that he promised it. Yeah, he put them out because he laughed at the word. Yeah, then he got them all out, and then Jesus was alone with what? The brokenhearted and the faithful. He brought Peter, James, and John. Faith, hope, and charity. Put them in the building with him. Put the rest of them on the outside. Then Jesus was alone with the brokenhearted believers, weeping because that they were, their little girl was dead laying there. The little thing is laid out a corpse, flowers laying around her. Put all the unbelievers out away from him like that. Oh, how hard it is when unbelief. Like last night when we were sitting here in the meeting, that streak of unbelief struck this place. It was, just, it was terrible. One of these nights, I'm just going to reach right down and call them guys out. It's going to hurt a lot of feelings, but it's good. I used to do that all the time, and you know I did. But I, I've restrained from it just because of the feeling of the people. Because if you pluck up the, uh, the terriers, you get a lot of wheat, too. See? So... Now, it's too close to the end time now, so we just go ahead. Let's keep marching. But when it, it, it hinders the people. It really hinders the people that can't have faith, they can't believe. See, when such as that is going on. And so then when he got everything out, everybody but just his faith, hope, and charity, standing there, Peter, James, and John, the faithful ones, and the real believing father and mother, he walked over to the carts. <laughs> See? He couldn't have done it standing there all of them saying, why, look at that. A prophet and says she's asleep. 
Now, I told you, told you, told you. See how it is? Uh, that, that, there's nothing to it. It's just a big bunch of emotion workup. That's all there is to it. Jesus couldn't do a thing about it. And he couldn't do a thing about it tonight. When he come to his own country, not anything, many works he could do because of their unbelief. And them carrying on like that, neither could he do it then. And he cannot do it tonight. But if he could just ever get them shut out to a place that he could be with the believers. Then he walked over to the corpse that was laying there. The little girl was dead, perhaps embalmed and laying out. Walked over and took her by the hand. Looked out there into the space world yonder somewhere where her soul had went. And said, Maiden, arise. How could death exist in the presence of life? The little girl, the wrinkles on her forehead began, her smooth little forehead began to wrinkle, and her eyes come open. He took her by the hand and raised her up and said, give her something to eat. Don't just, don't say nothing about it. Let him alone. <laughs> don't tell him nothing. Just, just go ahead. <laughs> Let it go. Oh, my. All things are possible. Only be. What was he? He was the word of God, flesh. And tonight, that same God is same word of God is in your flesh if Christ is in there. And he's the same Lord Jesus. You could touch his garment or whatever you wish to. If you'll only believe that he's here, he'll do the same thing for you. Do you believe it? Let's bow our heads just a moment. I'm going to ask the organists here if they will go to the organ just a moment. I want you to play only believe. Everyone, now please don't stir around just a moment. After preaching like that, it's kind of a hard thing. I just want to pray and I want to see what he'll do. Ask what he'll do for me. Ask what he'll do for you. Billy told me today, he going to come in out there a while ago and I brought my wife and him up. He said, Daddy, I got over a little late there and I got messed around and I didn't give out any prayer cards. So won't you just preach to him tonight? I said, okay, I'll just do that. So... I feel that we're going to pray for the sick anyhow, where we got prayer cards or not. We'll pray for the sick anyhow. I can see him standing there with your eyes. I can hear that courier saying, don't trouble him. It's already dead. Your child's dead. Don't, don't, don't trouble anymore. All, all hopes is gone. Not a heart skip of that little man. Maybe when I said a while ago we were won't have a prayer line didn't give out any sick cards for the sick your heart might tuck a skip too I come brother Branham to be I, I, I wanted to get a prayer card tonight I want to be prayed for just only believe he just, just only believe that's all he, he's already said the word just only believe you don't have to get up here just stay where you are and only believe for he said all things are possible only believe. Won't you be real reverend? Just pray now. Every sick person in here, every person in here that's sick and wants Christ to come to you, I want you to raise your hand. Just raise up your hand wherever you are. A sick person in here. All right. Just everywhere. Almost solid. And I put your hands down. Now, what did that little woman do? She touched his garment. She got down there too late to get a prayer card, we'd say. But she touched his garment. She got her healing the same as the little girl, got her spirit draw back. 
whether he laid hands on her, whether she touched him, or, or this both Jewish. So whether she touched him or the dead girl couldn't touch him, so he had to touch the dead girl. So you can touch him tonight. He's a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. You out there in the audience, you're all strangers to me. I see Brother Ed Dalton sitting here. And uh, I know I have other friends. I was sitting on the corner here, some folks from Tennessee. I just met the young girl out here in the hall coming in. Now, I'm going to say this. If you are an unbeliever, I wouldn't even stay in the building or around the building. Because I want to tell you that if evil spirits like cancer or so forth would leave, and all of us know they are lives, because they're in us destroying our lives. And remember in the Bible, when those evil spirits went out of one, they went to another. So if you're not a believer, I wouldn't be near now. Because there is believers close. And remember, how many times have I adjured you? How many times have I showed you that those things do? After a meeting's over, most always there's somebody calls in and writes in, Brother Branham, I, I, I was an unbeliever. I went the other day when that woman and you told her she had cancer. I said, that's nonsense. And the doctor told me I have cancer now. Just remember, I speak in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's up to you. It's up to you. I just have faith and believe. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thine will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Eternal and gracious God, I pray tonight that you in this audience, I just love to talk about you, Jesus. You have been my life for 31 years. How I love you. How I'm so glad that that night that I, I accepted you as my Savior. I'm so happy, so glad that when you commissioned me to go preach the gospel, and then that night when you told me go pray for the sick and told me that them visions had been coming was not what my brethren had told me. It was the evil spirit, but it was you. And it would stir the whole nation, the whole world into a revival. And it's done it, Lord. Your words are true. And then when you stood there over me that day down on the river when those thousands of people standing there looking right at two o'clock in the afternoon out in brassy skies and that big light roaring around over the top a voice saying as John the Baptist is sent forth this message will be the second before the coming of the Christ and we see Lord has done that very thing and we see the time moving up now your words are all true now here we are at the end of the road Right out, gleaning across the fields, you're getting the last straw from this last revival. Now, Father, we're once more again in this great crossroads of the world here tonight, Chicago, Illinois. How people have longed to say, oh, if it could be shook, if it could be shook, oh, God, that atomic fodder running out there on the street will never be shook. It'll be shook with an atomic bomb. But your church has been shook like never before. It's seen things that it never seen and no church behind it's seen since Christ was on earth. It's been shook, Lord. Your real people has believed with all their heart. Now it's time for the change to come. Great drought, the spiritual drought to hit the land. And then the coming of Christ. I pray that you'll grant, Lord, tonight, that this one more time, so that the gospel 
And maybe there might be a stranger among us. If that person's here tonight and out from under the blood, I pray, God, that something will be done, that you will do something tonight like you did down there at Emmaus that time and prove a sign to the people just like you did the, before your crucifixion that they might know that you're the same Jesus that's raised from the dead and here tonight. I commit myself with the message that's went forth and the Christ that's present to Almighty God for his service to continue. In Jesus' name, may many be helped. Amen. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I take every spirit in here under my control for the glory of God. I'll be faithful and pray. Just have faith. I, we're not going to call prayer cards up here because I don't think we have any in here. We may have a straggling now and then. It's real late anyhow. Prayer line get formed up. It'll be overtime. It's 10 o'clock now. But I want to say something. All you people out there that knows that I'm a stranger to you and you're sick and you believe that Christ is a high priest, he sent me here to be just the, the vine... I mean the branch on the vine. You believe that if you could touch him, he'd speak through me and do the same work. Raise up your hand. You know what? I don't know you. Thank you. Now you look this way. One case ought to prove it. But let's have at least three of them. I want you to believe with all your heart. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. I don't... You say, what side to start, brother? I don't know. It's which side he starts. Where he starts, I can only go as he goes. See, I just have to watch him wherever it starts. I'm watching for a, a something that's anointing. I Here I am. God knows. See, but before his word, did I, I do not know you. I know two or three people, one sitting right here, two. I think that's Sister Downey, is that right? I think I know this man sitting here. My brother and sister Dow over there in the corner. Two sitting there. I'll try to keep myself turned from them. Even if I'd have to, if he'd come over him, I'd have to say there because that's all I can say. How many believes before anything has happened, you believe it's true? God bless you. You see that, Satan? You're a liar. You say, does he tempt you like that, Brother Ben? Well, certainly he stands and tries to tempt me. If he's tempting you, what do you think he's doing to me here? Sitting right back there, there's a man. Praying for a child sitting next there. Got something wrong with his feet. His right isn't. I don't know you, you're a stranger to me. But Mr. Farmer, do you believe that God's going to heal a child and make it well? If I'm a stranger, do you raise your hands like that? Is that what you're praying about? Is that what your name isn't all about? Just raise your hand. You have your request. 
There's a lady sitting right here. She's got arthritis. She's got eczema in her ear. Miss McGill, stand up on your feet if that's right. If I'm a stranger, you wave your hand. Wave your hand if I we're strangers. You have your request. Go home, Christ makes you well. Before Almighty God, I've never seen them people in my life. I asked you to believe. Just have faith. Don't doubt. Way back here on the end of the row. Way back towards the back. Lady singer's got lung trouble. She's worried about it. God help me know her. Miss Miller, stand up and accept your healing. Jesus Christ makes you well. If that's who you are and I'm a stranger to you, do you have a prayer card, Miss Miller? You don't? You don't need one. All right, go home and be well. Jesus Christ make you well. That lady, colored lady sitting right behind her, right back over there in a, this way from me, got a, a tumor. You're fixing to go to the hospital for an operation or they want you to. A little lady, I can just see her between two white men. Raise up, lady. I'm a stranger to you. I do not know you. You have a prayer card? You do not. I've never met you in my life. We're strangers to one another. If that's right, wave your hand like this. What I told you is the truth. Jesus Christ heals you. Go home and receive your healing. You believe? Here. What's that demon spirit? Here, come plumb over across here. That darkness settles right on this woman here. Another colored woman sitting right here. You have a prayer card, lady? You don't. You don't need one. You also have tumor. You want me to tell you where it's at? It's on your left shoulder, down on your side and hip. That's right, isn't it? Believe with all your heart. Mrs. Holzmaster back there crying. Think you have uh, cancer, but you're, you're going to be all right. God bless you. Stand up. I don't know you. You're scared of cancer, aren't you? But it left you. It's all right. Say, will you do me a favor, sister, that God done you one? We're strangers, aren't we? Lay your hand on that woman behind you. Call her Miss McAllister. She don't know me. McAllen, rather. She's got trouble with her head. But it's going to leave her. She's going to be all right. She don't hear too well. All right. It's all over now, Miss McCollum. You can go home, too. You believe Jesus Christ now makes you well? All right. You can go home be made well. How many believe he now that he's Jesus Christ? It's time to rise on the scene. It's time to believe with all your heart. Do you believe it? How many will accept him now as your healer? He's crossed the building back and forth, in and out, forward and backward, believing it. Do you believe it with all your feet? All your faith that you can? Stand to your feet in the name of Jesus Christ and receive your healing. Raise up your hands. Repeat after me. Lord, I believe that you're the Son of God. I renounce my unbelief. I accept you as my Savior. I accept you as my healer. I accept you as my King. 
I believe you now, Lord. From henceforth, my testimony shall never be negative. I will praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. Now raise up your hands and praise him, and it's all over. God bless you. I give you your